You're now listening to The Sound of Sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program. Hey everybody, this is uh, Nathan Alberson, your humble and obedient host, welcoming you to Sound of Sanity. We've got uh, Pastor Benjamin Solzer joining me in Top Secret Studio B today. And Ben, we're talking about two Gospel Coalition articles. Man, this is, uh, wow, it's a banner day. This is a banner day. <sighs> Why do we keep going to the Gospel Coalition website? <laughs> Because it's fun? <laughs> I don't feel like that's an accurate summation of how we feel about the Gospel Coalition website. No. Just, I don't think that that is. Ben just shrugged, folks. I just shrugged. Yeah. Folks, it's very true. I shrugged because, you know what? The Gospel Coalition is depressing. It is depressing. And when we first started, they felt just stable enough and just respected enough that when we went after them, it felt like we were punching up. It felt like we were going after a fair target. It's gotten to the point where it's like, I'm not sure how many people who are respectable Christians actually respect the Gospel Coalition at this point. But I think there's still enough of them that it's worth exposing yeah, their, and their lies and hypocrisy. That's right. It does seem like it's a barometer for mm. what a lot of relatively conservative Christians believe and a barometer for the places they're being pulled. Yes. Out of conformity with God's word. Yes. And emphasis on the bore in borometer because it is so utterly, oh, what's the word that I'm looking for? I'm, I'm laughing because the spelling doesn't match up, folks. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I've got to call Nathan. Because they're one. all pigs. Is that, is that the kind <laughs> no, of bore we got? No, no. It's, it's barometer like B-A-R-O. All right. So, em em emphasis on the bear in barometer because it's been... Laid bare? Right. I don't know. They, that's, they, that's bad. Because they barely work to come there up with all, all this content. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is everything they say is so boringly, mind-numbingly obvious. Yeah. You will never go to a Gospel Coalition article and find something that will surprise you. I'm sure that's hyperbole. Sometimes we'll be surprised by how lame that's they've right. become. But, we absolutely will. But you know what I mean? It's so boilerplate. Right. And... I don't know. Let's just talk about it. So, we've got two articles pulled up by a gentleman named Charlie Self. He's an author, pastor, professor, and speaker, serves as director of learning communities at Made to Flourish, an organization that says it works to empower networks of pastors and their churches to integrate faith, work, and economic wisdom for the flourishing of their communities, Ben. All right. Good stuff. Yeah. I mean, sure. So, Why not? he wrote an article, which you are going to share the thrust of this article with oh, us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He wrote an article called How Should I Address My Transgender Colleague came out a week or two ago. And it's it's a question that I think is hypothetical or generalized version of a question that maybe he gets mm -hmm. a lot. He does direct this thing, so I don't know. But it's like, I work in a secular workplace. My new colleague is transgender. What do I do? Do I address him by a female name and pronouns? How do I do that? How do I speak to him without compromising my Christian convictions? So, that was, that was my version of the question that he wrote out here at the top of the article. And then he goes on to give two pillars and four facets. The two pillars are fine. One is, hey, that colleague is made in God's image. 
They're a sinner in need of grace. Okay, fine. The second pillar is pray for them. And that's okay. That's all fine. Yeah. But, but it's, it's when you get to his wisdom. Well, let me say, for, even the stuff that's fine becomes disingenuous yes, by, very by dint of being used to prop up all the other pure lies that he's going to tell. But in any case. Yeah. So, well, then you get to his four facets of wisdom. I'm just going to, I'm just going to give you what each of these is. And there are a couple of quotes mm-hmm. that I'll give you. So, number one is a preferred name shows respect. So, in other words, this using their preferred name, if, if there's a dude and he wants you to call him Sarah, that's not a hill to die on. Right. Just use, his, use the name that he gives you. Right. All right. Then you get to number two. Pronouns are more challenging. And he, kind, he leaves this one a little open, but he says, well, why not try to use their name or the generic they are there all the time as much as you can. So don't don't be forced into using singular pronouns, <laughs> right? Which 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 are gendered, and I think eh, that's not that helpful. Maybe I I don't know. Also, it's just not that practical to try and yeah. just av- live your life in such a way that you avoid having to ever call someone by a pronoun. Yep. Eh. Yeah. Anyway, I I say I say eh at best that yeah. one. Okay, but th- but but then we get to the stuff that's that's explicitly just bad. So. Facet of wisdom, number three, is be prepared. And I just, this, this whole section, starting here, we really, because the next facet of wisdom is defend your perspective, right? Both of these, I want to note, are reactive. They're right. not proactive. They're not like, how can I love this person and witness to them? And I guess, to be fair, the way that he starts this article is with a question that's like, I feel put in a corner by what's happening and I don't know what to do. But still. Still, I think that this is bad tactics, bad strategy. Well, well, and also let's let's point out yeah. he chose the question. He chose to frame it that that That's way. Right. He could have chosen any number of questions as being representative of right. what he thinks the average TGC reader needs to know, and he chose <laughs> yeah. to use the one that makes you feel the most reactive, the most passive. And that's yeah, definitely the passivity of what's of of his approach here is concerning. But okay, facet of wisdom three, be prepared. I'm just going to quote some stuff from here. Here we go. Quote, you want to have an answer when asked directly to affirm trans rights or LGBTQ lives. When asked, you can affirm your belief that in a pluralistic world, diverse choices and opinions are part of true liberty. Unquote. So that is just terrible weak sauce because there's no, there's nothing except it's like deferring any presentation of the truth to this person, any salt in your speech mm-hmm. to them at all. And it's deferring it in such a way that it, 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 just, it just feels, I just lost the word, it feels not ratty, not ferrety. It, it, it's slithery. So there's some animal related. <laughs> there we go. It's just like, I'm going to squirm mm-hmm. out of having to deal with you by gesturing towards pluralism. Right. And you might figure out that I'm a Christian who just wants to get along if I do that long enough, but I'm not going to tell you. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me, let me go on. Let me keep quoting. Quote, <laughs> I just don't believe this. Quote, if pressed more deeply, you can say that many philosophical and religious traditions have strong beliefs on gender identity and sexuality. You live your life in accordance with your faith without imposing your convictions on others. Unquote. And so, once again, all you're doing is saying, hey, don't be mad at me. There's lots of people that you could be mad at. Are you really going to be mad at all of them? 
I'm not imposing any convictions on you. No one's imposing any convictions on you. Don't try to impose your convictions on me. Can't we all just get along? Nothing about the truth. Nothing about God's holiness no, or God's no, no. character. No, no, nothing about the standard by which all convictions will be judged, mm-hmm. which is the true one, which is the Christian conviction, which is true, as opposed to the others which are false. And right. at some point, you have to start making someone you, that you care about feel that there's, <laughs> there's a difference between those. Instead, what, what Charlie's self is doing is trying, trying to advise Christians to live in a neutral world mm. where they're on a level ground with their unbelieving colleagues and where they can constantly signal to them, we're the same and the standards we're both held to are pluralism, right. relativism, tolerance. And that'll get worse in the article that Nathan's going to give you a summary of. So, I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just end by saying that once he gets to the defend your perspective, that's the fourth facet of wisdom in this article, he, he gives you, he just gives you terrible advice. He, he's, he's, he's like, yeah, have a defense ready, be able to present your biblical convictions, and, and use, quote, the secular Bibles of science and toleration, unquote. Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess that's pretty awful. But there's an even worse phrase in what Nathan will read. And then, and then just lean on science as much as you can. Acknowledge, quote, acknowledge the real psychological factors that influence women and men toward gender reassignment, you may also affirm that adults have the freedom to make certain choices about their bodies, whether you agree or not, unquote. Again, what kind of freedom are we talking about? Mm-hmm. I mean, we live in a society where adults have freedom to murder their children through abortion. They have freedom to do that. Now, is that how you're going to talk to someone to pacify them? to keep conflict from escalating. Oh, well, sure. I mean, you have one conviction on abortion, I have another, but you know what? In our society, consenting adults do have the freedom to murder their child. To murder their child, and I just want to acknowledge that that's true. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's wrong, and I think God will judge it so bad. Consenting adults do have that freedom. Right. What in the world how is that helpful? How is that anything other than a flat that's just being ashamed of Jesus's words. And you know what it is? Uh, on a very practical strategy level, it is so confusing to the people that you're talking to. Because I have been weaselly in my life and cowardly and done things, I, I don't know, maybe nothing ever that bad, but things kind of like this. Weaselly. Yeah. That was the word I couldn't find. Where, where I'm like, actually, the truth conforms to whatever the, is the thing that you like. <laughs> and they're always like, wait, I, I, I thought you were a Christian. Like, I, okay, so what's the difference? between us. Oh, Can you man. explain this to me? They're always so much more hungry for an answer right. than the one that I give them when I say, <laughs> eh, basically, we're the, we're the same. The Mormons used to knock on my door. And when they found out that I was a Christian, they would say, you know, cool, we believe in Jesus too. We're both exactly alike. This is great. We're, we're just Christians. A, yeah, we're Christians. we're Christians. So, you want to come to our church? And that always seemed like such a self-defeating argument for me because I would just be like, Okay, so we're the same. So then why, why did you knock on my door? What, what's your point? By the metric you just lined out, I'm already doing well. We're Christ- I'm a Christian. You're a Christian. Okay, go bother somebody else. Like, if you're not willing to say where your philosophy diverges from me, from me, where you think, and they were always so squirrely about this, where you think I'm right, right. and you're wrong, or, or where you think you're right and I'm wrong, we can't really have a conversation, can we? We can't really be two adults talking about anything if you just keep trying to say, ah, oh, we're the same. 
And it's like, okay, then why are we talking? And I've had that experience. I've been on the bad side of that with pagans where I'm like, actually, Christianity is the thing that you already believe. And they're like, uh, what? <laughs> then why are we talking about this? So it's so, so completely self-defeating. Should I read oh, from this man. second? Yeah, why not? Charlie Self article. Okay. Right, not, it just gets a little worse. Yeah, it just gets a little worse. It's kind of the same. Uh, more water from the same well, but maybe dip, dip in that bucket even deeper into the, <laughs> the Charlie Self well. Uh. So this one is also framed as a question. And it's really weird. He doesn't, in both these articles, make it clear whether these are real questions or hypothetical questions. I mean, they're written as if a real person is asking them, but then he doesn't include like a name or, you know, it's not like confused in California. There's no, not like an Ann Landers kind of thing. And so even that, whether it's disingenuous or not, has the feeling of disin, disingenuity. Disingenuity. Like this guy can't take a breath without sounding like he's lying. And I think when someone can't take a breath without sounding like they're lying, even in the places where they're not lying, that's a pretty good indication they might be a liar. Anyway, anyway, so here's the perhaps hypothetical question. Two male co-workers are getting married. My boss took up a collection for a gift, which I didn't contribute to. And now she keeps passing the congratulatory card with an eye in my direction. I'm not going to sign, but I don't know what to say. And so his answer is, uh, so he begins to answer, how do we affirm the dignity of each person we meet and work with while maintaining godly distance from affirmations that violate scripture? And that is what Christ calls us to, isn't it? You shall maintain godly distance from affirmations that violate scripture. I mean, Ben, wouldn't you just say the, whole, the entire law is summed up in maintain godly distance from affirmations that violate scripture? Yeah, that's pretty much it. We're being sarcastic. So here's oh. where it gets really bad. <laughs> it's, it gets really bad immediately, but here's where it gets even badder. Every culture and nation must find common consent in public ethics, specifically on what is prohibited, permitted, and promoted for the common good. Sure. True toleration must include living peaceably with deep differences. Most Western nations have extended marital status to arrangements other than heterosexual monogamy. The wise Christian will affirm the legal right of consenting adults to order their lives without fear, yet that right doesn't entail affirming the goodness of these arrangements. Believers can be good neighbors to all while diverging on some moral issues. This is the heart of a peaceful and pluralistic society. Going on, he says, When directly confronted with affirming the goodness of the union, no, the only posture is to affirm, to affirm their legal right to marry and one, one's own right to disagree. Disagreement is not intolerance. With the help of the Holy Spirit, believers can walk the tightrope of tolerance. The tightrope of tolerance. I think that's, that is a wonderful phrase. That's what we'll have to call this episode probably. Without so. abandoning truth. And it just goes on like that. Yeah, it just goes on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, let me read the obvious biblical passage, which is Romans 1. I'll start with verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to them to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. And it goes on, and it's one of the classic texts to talk about 
homosexuality, Mm -hmm. actually. Not one of the classic gospel coalition texts to talk about homosexuality. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder why that is. (laughs) I don't know. I I don't get it. But the wrath of God has been revealed from heaven against the ungodliness and righteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. What you have to understand going into these conversations is that you never talk to someone who doesn't know the truth. It's written on their heart. It's available to see in creation, in the attributes, as it says here. His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. And so Charlie Self's like, how can we meet them halfway? Yeah. And it's like, you can't meet them halfway. I mean, how how many times can I remember from years ago where I just wanted to get along with my coworkers and I wanted to get along with people I met and I could feel, I could feel the tension and my way of dealing with the tension was just to deflect as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And I just, I was very scared about it and he's clearly addressing people in a state of fear Mm -hmm. in these articles and he's, he's clearly catering to their fear and he's just not, he's just putting the least amount of pressure possible on them to honor God's word and to love God mm-hmm. and God's character. And, and, and the less that you stress Romans 1 and the universal nature of God's judgment and the way that we know God, even unbelievers know God and his judgments and suppress that knowledge, the more comfortable you can make people who are weak or insecure in their faith about mm-hmm. not standing up for their faith and not acknowledging, well, of course, what... The, what this always comes down to, in practical terms, is that you're not going to love your transgender colleague. Right. You will not love them because you can't love them unless you tell them the truth. You can, and, and this is not helping anyone tell them the truth. Right. But your transgender colleague is never going to respect the terms of his own agreement. In other words, he's not truly no. plur, pro, pluralistic. He wants his religion to win. And so, when you say why can't you get all get along, you're not actually entering into a, a frame or a foundation that he agrees with. <laughs> you're just letting his religion win. And the really, really sad thing about this is that it takes away the real comfort that Roman, Romans 1 and other passages like that give, give us, which is that God's truth is real, foundational, and that it will out, that everyone knows it, that God's holiness permeates everything and every person has it written on their heart. I mean, that's a real comfort when you go to witness to a coworker. Like, it kind of takes the pressure off. Like, I don't actually ultimately have to convince them of their sin. I just have to be faithful and let God's spirit work and with the understanding that they already kind of know deep yeah. down. Yeah. And, and Charlie Self takes that all away from us. He's actually removing the real comforts in order to give us fake ones that won't help us witness, that will just force us to be more cowardly and to live with, continue to live with the guilty conscience of, of not actually loving our coworkers. Yeah. Yeah, very much. And I think, I think I, I'm just, I'm thinking back again to my older self to say nothing of my perfectly bold, confident, truth speaking, unashamed self now. And I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking of how unhelpful this would have been to me and how much I needed to hear. And it's still helpful for me to hear Romans 1. Mm-hmm. And, and the implications of, guess what? Everyone's under God's judgment. Everyone knows that in some sense. And no one wants to talk about that. Mm-hmm. 
And you don't either, Christian. And you need to break that open. Right. In some way, in some small way, maybe, <laughs> you need to break that open. That's your responsibility, is to acknowledge the truth of the world that you live in. When, when Paul says in, oh, is it Thessalonians, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders, mm-hmm. make the most of every opportunity, he's, he's assuming that you will take opportunities to break that reality open to them. Mm-hmm. He, he's not assuming that you'll, that you'll simply make them like you. Right. Not, nothing wrong with making people like you for the right reasons. You should be kind and stuff and they should like you for that, but right. generous, whatever, helpful, sacrificially loving, I'll even give that to you. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I just say that because that rhetoric is, is, is often used as a cover for let's not tell them the truth. Right. If we're sacrificially loving, we don't have to because, well, anyway, you got to let your speech be gracious and seasoned with salt and the salt is God is holy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he knows your sin and so do you. Well, and there are kind and gentle ways to talk about it and to reach people with it, but Charlie Self hasn't begun to have that conversation. You could write an article about, here's the jerky way to try and be salt and light, and here's the way that shows real Christian charity. Yeah. But real Christian charity is not covering up the truth and trying to Trojan horse it. Yep. And it's Jake! All right. Here here to do the credits with us. Episode. It's a redo of the Charlie Self. We, we took another article of his into account. Folks, if you want to show t- true charity to your podcasting neighbors, then you can go to patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity, hear delightful sanity bites, see fun videos, all kinds of stuff over patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity. And until next time, stay sane. Stay sane.